Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fry Radio, episode 351 for April 23rd, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I'm Adriel Michaud. And I'm, and I'm Jason Phil. Hey! Yay! We did that really, really well. Trevor wasn't here, so he, we didn't screw it up. So that's awesome. Yay! I miss Matthew interrupting, though. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm pretty good at interrupting. Yeah. I've been getting better. Started. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to step up our game since, uh, you know since Matthew left. He was the king of it, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, we're not that bad. So anyways, why don't we get into the show and get it started? Jason's going to be on for the whole entire show. We just convinced him to do that. Uh, he was going to be on for the main topic, um, but voluntold, um, I think is yeah, the, is the term. Yeah. Stay on for the whole thing. All right. So why don't we get into what we did in guns? What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. It's Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now they have the CZP-10 F handgun, 9mm of course, 4.5 inch barrel, it's black and it's $545. You need to get one of these. Such a good deal. I just yeah, want an is. excuse to buy one. Well, one is two is one, one is none. I'm not sure why you're talking about buying one. Okay. Uh, true. See, this with Adriel, when you say that to him, he'll go and do it because the last, the last handgun you bought, you bought two of them, right? Uh, which SFR, one was that? That was SFR. Oh yeah, true, true fact. Yeah. Yep, yep. I forgot about that one. <laughs> Those ones. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they were really good deals. Five hundred forty-five dollars is actually a really good deal for this. So, I wonder how many mags it comes with. No, I don't know. I'll we bet, don't have. The, we don't have. Bet you a dollar it comes with three. Well, if, well if one is none is, and two is one, and then three is two, or three is three, I don't know how this works. This is very confusing. At that price, three is almost free, so just get two. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Five is potato. three. Potato. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, are you tired of us yet? Uh, no, I actually got distracted by an email that was sent by Sean Mullen. Hi, Sean. I'll get back to you on that one. Um, shiny objects. It was like, you know. The whole bling bling, you know, email. Okay, never mind. What were you talking about? Kelly, <laughs> guns or Kelly's something. drinking again. I actually am. Yeah, first time in a long time. I needed one. <laughs> My quarantine is going well. I'm now into the booze. Okay. <laughs> and All right. Going to be one I'm, of those shows, everyone. And I'm Excellent. eating. I'm no longer ketoing. I actually ate a plate, and I do mean a plate full of. Um, of uh, the cinnamon rolls and I made sourdough bread today and we're going to have that after the show. So I am, dr- I am drunk on wheat right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not very good actually. It's probably, be, yeah, it's, it's bad. So, okay. Anyways, Adriel, why don't we talk about what you did in guns this week? Then we'll go over to Jason. Then we'll go to me. And I don't think it's going to take very long. So, Oh, but I did stuff. Oh, did you? Mm. What'd you do? Mm. I uh, I got out and did a little bit of gopher shooting. A little bit. <gasps> you, 
You bit. did. You sent pictures to do, didn't mm-hmm. you? I sent a couple pictures. Yep. It so was, uh, the snow has is almost melted in the place I go. Jason, it's probably fully melted where you're at, but uh, uh, all of our snow is here is gone at our place except for the the uh, north facing slopes. But everything else is gone. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, place I go, it's mostly melted. Uh, but the the gophers were a little bit skittish, not really out doing a whole bunch. Uh, but they were in their holes chirping at me uh, with their half their head exposed, kind of looking at me sideways, kind of a thing. So that's all. Uh, that's all it takes. Bring the maple seed sling out, get practiced up with that hasty, and uh, and I just went to town like just like that. And I would see I made most of my shots standing offhand because you Sweet. see the most like that that's where you see the ones that are close up to you hear them chirping a little bit and if you watch very carefully you see a little head just pop up a little bit and you just got to watch that hole so yeah i got out and did some gopher shooting uh i just brought one of my uh 1022s and uh just shot with that just plinked along with 22s 22s are fun yeah, so quiet so easy to bring like a a pocket full of like 100 rounds wherever you go and uh doesn't weigh you uh, down yeah. doesn't weigh yeah. you down nice and cheap yeah it was just a really relaxing uh uh time out shooting so what was the body count uh i think i only got about like 30 mm. which is not a lot but uh it's actually how long enough. adriel uh two three hours nice yeah it's not it's not a lot like a, a busy day you could do like 500 if you, if you had like a real busy day, but not busy. I'll have to wait for the babies to come out. Then, then you get those, like those triple digit numbers. When you line up, you get three of one shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are fun to get. Yeah. But, uh, that was a good time. It was good to, to get out of the house too. And, and, uh, get out in the field. Cause <laughs> that's where I like to spend my time out in fields, Alberta fields, shooting gophers and hunting deer and that kind of thing. So that was good. Uh, and then I have been doing some reloading and I have been making hey. some, uh, some 308 and uh, some more 308 and then some How much? 308. 308. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So have you been doing it or has, has number one son been doing it? He's been helping. He's been helping. Ah, yeah, yeah. He's been good. doing a process here or there with gloves on and that kind of thing, so he doesn't get any carbon or whatnot on his hands. But uh, yeah, he's been helping out with it, which is a nice change of pace. Could be a report for school. This is what I did in homeschooling. He's he's actually doing school from home though, right? Because he's doing Correct. it by computer. Yep. But it could yep. be also, you know, do a little report on it. Hmm. Yeah, how to make ammo. That that, that won't raise any flags at school, will it? Oh, maybe it will. I don't know about that. (laughs) Mr. Michaud, we need to speak with you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, know, they'll ask to speak to my wife and then I'll hear it secondhand. I don't even want to hear that secondhand. (laughs) Uh, I've got got two kids homeschooling, one on academic suspension, one's going to be suspended. It's going to be pretty tough. One called in a book. Bomb threat got called in. We had to clear the whole building. Oh, my God. Really? Oh, dear. No, it's been good. My youngest is... It's, it's, they're, they're, their schedule's pretty easy. But anyway, back to what you did in gun. Sorry, Angel, I interrupted. No, that's fine. That's, that's kind of yeah, what we I do. You. I don't know Jason if you've watched this gonna... show before, but uh, it's kind of what we do, <laughs> eh? <laughs> I said, Jason Squirrels, he's going to fit right in. Oh, yeah. bad. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I made a bunch of 150 grain 308 with 41 grains of IMR 4895. I think 4895, uh, which was, I think we were talking with, I think Tim was, was actually commenting on the show last, uh, last time. Uh, that's the stuff to, that's the loading he likes to do for service rifle 308. That's what I'm going to use the 308 for is in my M1 Garand. And uh, so I made a bunch of that. And now I'm making up some 165 because I'm bored and I have bullets. So I I will assemble them. I've already finished like trimming and uniforming and deburring and all that other crap to my other cases. So I'm going to do something with them. Did you pick up any more uh, powder? No, I'm just going to use like whatever I got. I'm just going to just keep making ammo until I'm all out of every single component I've got. No matter if it's like... I'll be, I'll be using like rifle powder and pistol by the time I get to the end here. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Okay. No, I kid. Um, yeah. So I've been reloading due to that kind of stuff. And uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. That's about it for me. Okay. Jason, what about you? What have you done again this this week or since we've last had you on the show, which was oh, a year ago? Long too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it would have been uh, last year. Cause this time last year I was putting the, working my tail off for the charity shooting drum heller but so that's, yeah that's uh i keep getting those facebook memories keep popping up and i decide not to share some of them because it was a very stressful time this time last year but ptsd yeah yeah it was a uh, so no we've been uh we've been yeah i mean the we don't go too far but i did a little gopher shooting a couple of weeks ago it was the first time ever even living on the prairies my whole life that i ever shot gophers in the snow and I don't know why I didn't do it earlier because it's awesome. Like in the snow is so much better. They're easier to see, um, pink mist and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, it was good. You know if you set. hit them right, if you got that yeah. nice backsplash. Yeah. Now in the where we were, it was um, more densely populated than normally when I go. So I had to pick shots because you know know what your target is and what's behind it. Uh, but last year we were shooting and we were shooting with two two three and two twenty two rem mag and uh yeah they'll get some serious pink mist out of that but 17 hmr is if you get them close there's still a little spray there too because mm-hmm. it's pretty fast little shot uh other than that we i'm cleaning out my my shop's got a uh where the previous owners had they made their honey in that shop that's my my gun room and it's uh I'm, i was given a bunch of cabinets so we're clearing out shelves and and moving stuff and uh, so we're trying to figure out where to put the all the reloading stuff. It's kind of funny. We've lived here five years, and I haven't reloaded a single shell here. Uh, but I have acu- I have accumulated uh, four more reloaders since uh, since we moved in. So uh, two Dillons, three RCBS, and three Pons this Warren. So we can load just about everything twelve gauge and down. Good for you. Uh, uh, and and accumulating um, components, I guess, when you see them on sale or in bulk or the right price at the right time and and money falling out of my pocket like it used to, but doesn't anymore. Okay, so I have a question for you. Where do you normally get your components for that? Where oh, do you normally pick them up? So wherever um, wherever I can find them. So Alan Day, who is the brother of the people that own Silver Willow Sporting Clays uh, in mm-hmm. Car Stairs, he, he um, supplied most everything when I used to reload a lot of 12-gauge. Okay. Uh, I, ha- I still have a box of 5,000 shotgun wads that I haven't even opened. Um, so, uh, the lead, the last time I bought lead, uh, I probably bought 35 bags of lead, um, because the Canadian dollar was 
at par and a friend of mine was coming back from from the states with an empty truck and he brought pallets of, of lead shot back nice. yeah i mean 25 pounds of lead we were paying 30 dollars canadian wow. delivered to calgary and like that's yeah. i mean i consider that my best investment ever it's over 100 percent return mm. um oops there's i still going uh and then we've got i've got a, a berm at my place where we do a little 22 plinking and such so it's uh yeah i haven't shot anything any scores there's no competitions going on but uh, and I haven't been practicing my my maple seed yoga, which I should. But it's uh, we've been this this quarantine is we've been very very busy. We got an acreage that needs lots of work, and yeah, we've just been working. Like okay. like I think like everything everybody else should do. It's not what I did with guns, but um, you know, in time uncertain times when everybody's under a lot of stress, my wife and I decided to do a little home renovation. So that's you know, make it to, even more the, stressful. Add to the tension, right? Makes yeah. it more fun. Yeah, it's awesome. But it's been good. Yeah, no, we, we should try shoot try and shoot once a week something, trying to turn some money into noise every week and trying to tidy the reloading room and rearrange the gun safe and that kind of thing. So try to do a little bit every week. Okay, cool. All right. That's it. That's it. All right. You've been pretty busy though, it sounds like. I have done absolutely nothing. And next. Zero. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> zero. That's it. Well, we, I, had yeah. we had a show on Monday, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to interrupt. I'm gonna interrupt okay. again. Thank but, these these microcasts you guys are doing are awesome. Like everybody's got that little bit of extra time, and this is just a little bit of normal. Uh, I hate normalcy. Is that the right word? I'm not sure it's mm. the right word, but sure. it helps. It the mental health is a big thing, and yeah. uh, this uh, this keeps this keeps our normal and our community together. And I just want to say thank you guys for doing it. Okay. Last microcast wasn't as micro as as the other ones, and it's a little off topic. But actually, I think that was pretty good too. The fact that it is, you know, something that's out of the norm. Um, get other people listening, but just you know, something. A little I, I had people say they really liked it, like commenting I to me. It's did like too. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think that so many people would be into this stuff, but yeah, lots of people were. So we had always... people messaging about you know, RC cars on radio. I mean, we, people want to talk about brand, all kinds of things now. So we got a list. I don't know how long this pandemic is going to happen, but our, our, our microcast list is, is growing. So we're going to get weird with it. We don't know how long, much longer we got, but we're going to get weird with it. Uh, we're getting into the fetishes. All right. <laughs> oh, somebody wants to say hello. Here, right. Hello. Hang on a second. <laughs> I think got a cute dog there, Jason. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah, I haven't done anything um, other than just doing the micro uh, microcasts, and yeah, that's about it. I put it, I cleaned up my gun room. That's it. Um, before we move on, uh, Adriel, somebody was asking how many ten twenty twos you have. Mm. I have been watching, by the way. Well, like I have some like. For Project Maple Seed, mm-hmm. uh, I think I have four. Four? I think I have four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you were talking about taking the ten twenty two out, and then somebody said, "How many might ten twenty two I said I one of. of. It's yeah. like yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. I I Are probably you- have like uh, for twenty twos. I probably have a dozen. I probably have twelve twenty twos. I'm just. Just There's a mathematical formula that'll tell you how many you need. Where okay. X is how many? Where X is how many you have? The mm. formula is X plus one is how many you need. Mm. Incrementing, that is correct. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just, I don't know. I've been, I've been reviewing 22s and I uh, still got some of those around. I am slowly selling them off though. So yeah. Okay. I'll weed them out and then I'll, I don't know, buy some more, buy some more buy 22s some. To, to review. Yeah. No things that come out. Things mm-hmm. that interest you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So four is the answer plus one more because X plus one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Four. All right. Upcoming events. Uh, we actually took out the nothing. Don't do anything because everything's closed down. Because it sounds like they're actually starting to think about opening up some things. Um, we're not sure what's going to be happening uh, in the different areas and when things are going to be opening up. Um, but, you know, if you do have events that are starting to pop up and you're going to move forward with them, send them to us and we'll, we'll advertise them here. Um, we do want to talk about the uh, 10th annual podcast charity shoot. Um, Okay, so May 15th is our cutoff date. If we're not open, if we're not able to have the restrictions aren't lifted by then, we actually will be um, canceling the charity shoot. Uh, you can still actually register for the charity shoot if you want to. You can go to the Facebook page, there's a link there, um, and it's actually on practice score. Uh, if it does get canceled, what we will do is either we'll issue a refund or we can actually just uh, give the money that was raised to the charity of choice. Still be nice to be able to do that. So May 15th mm-hmm. is a hard, hard, hard date for our cutoff, whether we're going to be opening uh, or holding or whatever you want. I just think this is something that Trevor's dreamt up just to, so he didn't have to follow such a good shoot in Drumheller. He just wanted to cancel this one anyway. So. You're absolutely right. Fear. It was Fear hard. It. It's hard to to follow up that shoot. That was an awesome shoot. Like that was fantastic. Jason, that was so much work. Oh my god. Yep. It is a lot Every of work. I, I I I've planned one. I know how much work it is. That's and you deserve a medal for it, especially because you had to deal with me and you know Trevor and everybody. So thank you for doing that. If I ever do it again, the drinks will be more expensive just for Trevor. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So why don't we go on to the news? The news. Uh, Adriel, you've put this one in here. It's about the Nova Scotia shooting. We do need to talk a little bit about it. I know that um, before we we do talk about it, we do, as we said, honor microcast where um, we want to express our sympathy and our um, for those who have lost loved ones. And also um, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody um, down in Nova Scotia. I know that, um, you know, I know people who, who knew people who were killed. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to say that. But, uh, Adriel, why don't we actually move forward with the, the news piece of it so that we can discuss a little bit. Well, just uh, just in case we have anyone who's uh, maybe in the States hasn't heard of it, uh, who's, who's listening in, mm. uh, there was uh, an active shooter situation in Nova Scotia. A uh, guy went on a killing spree, killed uh, some people that he was trying to target, killed some random people, uh, did the whole thing dressed as a cop, dressed as an RCMP officer with an RCMP officer uniform, uh, with a car that looked like an RCMP officer's car, Um, uh, killed an RCMP officer, took her car, killed some other people, took their car. Uh, Just a a really uh, tragic crazy uh, uh, situation in a very uh, sleepy area of, of the, of the country. But um, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple things that, that have come out of this that uh, 
as as gun owners, whenever these things happen, I mean, our, our thoughts and sympathies are, the, are with the people who lost their lives. The other thing that also comes out is that anti-gunners immediately jump on these things as, oh, well, now we have to add on some more uh, some more gun legislation because this horrible thing happened, um, which has happened with this one, just as it happens every time. Trudeau uh, jumped on it and said, yes, so we're going to roll out this assault weapon and uh, uh, other legislation right away. And uh, uh, the inconvenient thing for him, uh, it's it's, yeah. it's just inconvenient. It's not actually a showstopper because it didn't seem to stop him for, for uh, the Dunham uh, Street shootings either. Uh, is that the person was unlicensed? They, uh, according to the RCMP, they did not have, they did not have an FAC. Did you guys hear yeah. that? That yeah, uh, the, yeah, he didn't have an I've, FAC. I've yeah, I've the, never had one either. Yeah, I haven't had an FAC. I don't have an FAC. So <laughs> nobody um, does. They're now pals or our pals. I know the terminology. They have been a pal for twenty five years. This guy might as well say, "Oh yeah, well you just dial up to the internet." Like that's how old the terminology he's using is is from. It's super old. Yeah. And in any case. Uh, they were really cagey about de- about releasing official de- uh, uh, details about this day of, the next day, and even the day afterwards. There were there, no details coming out on this thing from official channels. No. Yeah. Uh, well, well, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm going to put I'm going to take my tinfoil hat off and say, in a small community with limited resources, yeah, they do, they don't want to be wrong. I think there's been too much rush to be first as opposed to rush to be right and i have no issue with them delaying the release of details i have massive issue with the uh with the spin doctors and their take that we got to do something right now um but for the police to be to be reticent in in releasing wrong information i have no issue with that what i have the fact that there was no uh emergency alert sent out I don't understand that part. That at all, was but. one of one of the issues that came out of this was we have um, the government has control over our phones and can send them a yep. text message that blares an alarm in the background uh, whenever they want to. Um, they use this whenever there's a, a amber alert or they've an used amber it. alert. They uh, have used it recently for COVID as well. They use it when there's a bad storm. Why they, have they used it, it for COVID? Why? Because when the Emergency Measures Act came into, like, for Ontario, we received it twice. <laughs> it was enacted. Staying, stay indoors. We received it through that. So if they okay, so the government for is, COVID, they're willing to use to re- this for, for all sorts of weird BS. And, and yet yeah. something like this happens where it's like, oh, my God, there's, there's a shooter on the loose Which that is killing is, random people. Right. Uh, and, and they tweeted about, like, they put it on Twitter instead yeah. of through this thing that gets to everyone's phones like twitter is not a real platform twitter is just for people to go on and, and complain about stuff <laughs> uh, uh, wow. twitter, twitter is twitter. instantaneous it's real time it is but you can, who's on it though like the, uh, no, the, but, the only time like, you can you can be on it is if you're willing to put up with the the shit, slant yeah. that it that is on it so I'm it's not my on favorite it. sport <laughs> See, Jason likes it. That's why a lot of people aren't on it because they're not like Jason. But it's yeah, absolutely sure. right. The people that you're targeting probably weren't people who were on Twitter in that sleepy, area. Sleepy, sleepy area of Nova Scotia. No, I don't think they're paying attention okay. to Twitter. So it's outside of Halifax. Um, it's near. It's actually near where my family is from. So. Um, 
it's very it's a very sleepy town it's on on the um ocean side it's it's vacationers people having vacation homes so there's not a lot of people there essentially and it is it is like there was a lot i'm with jason i want the investigation to happen there were so many different sites that there's so many different um um crime scenes that have to be looked at and investigated they didn't even know the their, the number of people that died was still climbing you know monday and tuesday that's that so, that part i believe is understandable because right. like yes you, you got if if there's active fires in places that you need investigation teams to go in and that, and that can take some right. time but i believe that they um yeah, they, they were not prepared for this, and the, the response no. they had to it was awful, and that's well, why they just didn't want okay. to re- respond to any kind of questions or, so, or give any details. My thoughts on it, too, are this, exactly what you're saying. It's a sleepy part of Nova Scotia, who are patrolled by the RCMP. The RCMP, how many people do they have in that detachment? Maybe two, right? Two cars, maybe, mm-hmm. right, at a churro. So you've got nothing. And then you're, they were, they involved the um, Halifax police as well, which is a large department. Thank Mm -hmm. God. But it happened on Saturday night. The incident started on Saturday night and like at 10, was it 10 or 11 in the morning? That's when he was actually shot. 11 in the morning he was shot. So from that period of time, they said that they were just about to put out a bulletin at 11 o'clock in the morning. Jeez, That's like 12 hours. 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a guy that was pulling people over and shooting them. Do you think any of that has to do with the fact that like for a long time, nobody knew that it wasn't a cop? Like if, if there were witnesses, they would have seen somebody in a marked car in yep. what appeared to be a uniform. And and if you're the police, wouldn't you be trying to figure out who who on your team was where to find out if this was one of your people? Like, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to defend anybody. I just want to like I'm not. This is a this, there's everything about this is bad, and yeah. and the the RCMP has a I would say a crisis of identity and a crisis of morale from coast to coast. Yeah, and there there's. We just don't know what we don't know. So I'm the only guy. There's only one person I'm judging in this, and I'm not going to say his name. And uh, that's it. Like er- everything else, I'm I'm more than happy to wait to find out the truth as opposed to I don't want to find out wrong stuff first. I think right. we're going to find out wrong stuff eventually because I, the, the issue I have so far is that they've been extremely quiet and it's like every time something gets out, it's like, it shows them in a bad light and they didn't, they weren't the first ones to say it. Uh, the, (laughs) how many days did it take before, uh, the news found out someone shot up the, uh, fire station. But do we we know that's another thing we don't know. Do we know that that was actual cops that did it or was that accomplices or that? Are you sure? that's what they said on the report, but they didn't, they didn't like come up and say like, Hey, we had a friendly fire incident. Our cops were looking for another cop. They found someone, they yelled at them. They, the guy didn't give the correct response. There was a shootout. They they could have just said that, right. They could have said it was a mistaken identity and, and some, some stuff went down, Uh, but they didn't say anything. 
And those okay. guys left without saying anything. This, this, it's like, what the heck? Okay, but you got to admit, you got to look at it. You got to see what was happening at that time. They were saying that somebody in an RCMP car yes. with an RCMP uniform on is pulling people over. People were, and quite honestly, I don't think anybody's ever had to deal with that type of situation. And people are basically, quite honestly, freaking out about it right I, I, including I think, I think the, the rcmp i think that the people on the ground like they, they made the wrong call but right. i think that that's okay in the situation they're in i, mean, right. I can't have 20 tiny hindsight on on what they're mm-hmm. what kind of situation they're in but who who came out and said said it afterwards who was like ah that was you know we we accidentally shut up this this place we thought we had the we, we've got the wrong person right no one said it and it, it that sat for a day before they any anything was found out. Now that's just one thing that they're not saying. And then, like sitting on it for how many days do you need to to run a, a pal check for someone? Uh, five minutes, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll let, let, run a list of aliases just in case. How long does that take? Maybe an hour if you're really creative with like looking up some information. That information doesn't come come out. Uh, and when it does come out, it comes out from someone saying he doesn't have his FAC. I'm not trying to like conspiracy theory. I'm just saying I believe that they have screwed up a lot more and they're just trying to stay quiet as they can about this because it is just such a mess. Like how did this guy get his guns? How did he get the uniform? Did anyone like call into the cops and say like, this dude's got a a cruiser, a a full replica cruiser in his garage. No one one said all this stuff. Okay, so people knew that they they knew that he, but the, you also have those people. You do have people that are actually are, are those enthusiasts, right? And they want yes. these things, and mm-hmm. and and nine times out of ten, they're not nut jobs. I don't know if I should use that term, <laughs> but exactly. people, I think people collect them, like just like yes. you know, like people collect you know firearms or people collect yeah. you know. So he collected a cruiser, however. I've sold lots of retired cop cars. All Not with their initials on, though. No, no, yeah. all decommissioned. Yes. But the fact that he had a cop car means nothing. I mean, obviously, he was an enthusiast of something. But who are his friends? Who are his family? How did I've, he get this far? Yeah, I like, think that... We're going to have a lot of, lot of questions before we have a lot of answers, I think. Right. I think that he yeah. is his, his ex-wife. Um... um Made a Saw good some warning signs and, and decided <laughs> to, to get out of Dodge. Saw some warning signs, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, she was one of the victims. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that there was probably a lot of red flags in his case. Um, but, of you know, course. And, and they're, they're we're starting, speculating they're starting on to everything. Come out. No, some of the red flags are coming out. And, and we know that they're, they're going to come out because... Um, as much as people say like, ah, you know, lone gunman just like kept to himself. It's like, nah, these like people, people see this kind of stuff. The lone gunman thing happens just not very often. Usually right. some people, some people will be like, oh yeah, if you would have said like someone's going to shoot up the neighborhood, I would have bet a hundred bucks on that guy. And, uh, uh, a couple of things are coming out. One was like, uh, this assault from 2020 where he beat up some 15 year old, and threatened him with uh, and him and his buddy threatened him with a crowbar or some, some uh, something, um, which like by itself, who cares? But in combination with these other things, start to paint a picture of like, oh yeah, this guy is like fully screws loose. And if anyone knew this guy had a gun, they probably should have called that uh, the RCMP safety line and said, 
uh, had a safety concern. So. Well, he, with that assault, he had a weapons ban, but usually, typically, weapons bans are only 10 years. But if you had that, the RCMP would have been looking into it if he had applied for a PAL. Correct. Yeah. Right. But, but like, so, like, when they, uh, this really could have gone either way. He could have had a legal PAL. He could, couldn't have. He, in this case, he, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. So how did he get yeah. the guns? And then we have to look at that as well. But one of the things that you just want, I wanted to talk about, I know that we're, we should be moving on soon about this though, is immediately, and I'm talking immediately after this happened, the anti-gun groups actually petitioned, you know, uh, Bill Blair, uh, as well as uh, Trudeau with respect to the, the ban. Do, do they have that email sitting on their computer open, ready to hit send? Like Absolutely. I don't, yeah, I, it's, I, I don't think this is they're looking never let a crisis go to waste right even a bad one because like the, like trudeau trudeau was talking about assault weapons at the danforth uh, uh location of the the shooting there it's like that was with a stolen handgun why are you talking about assault weapons same with this one this dude's got illegal hand uh, illegal firearms he's talking about assault weapons bans doesn't matter the facts of the case are inconsequential to the push for more gun control exactly true now, do you want to hear something? And then I'm done with this conversation, this part of the conversation, if we want to move on. But I have, as people may or may not know, I lived in New Zealand for a while and I have still have Facebook friends and, and such down there, especially in the gun community. And uh, one of the one of the guys I correspond with down there sent me a ungodly hour this morning that he's reading and watching our news. He goes, what are the odds that the guns he used were stolen from the cops? And I said... They were. The guns afterwards were... No, right before, but what about the first one before i don't know yeah and yeah then we, well we are, don't know are we ever going to find another good question he had too is are we ever going to find out how many people were killed with the fire as opposed to killed with the guns or are they all going to be gun deaths i said well they're all gun deaths because the gun was involved but but he had brought up a good point like is like, like the fire is a is a terrible thing to investigate and mm-hmm. That's why that's why, that's why they light bodies on fire in the movies and in real life when they light cars on fire, right? Is to destroy as much evidence as possible and cause like mayhem, right? Because now yep. you have to, uh, uh, like I, I, I understand why a local police force wouldn't be able to handle this because it's just not possible. You have to deal with a fire at every at every uh, location. You've got this guy who's mobile. Like it's it's just not possible for for you guys to ha- for them to have a good response to that. Nope. Uh, it's just the actions afterwards. They're like, oh man, you guys are trying to cover this up, and you guys are not doing a good job. Like this is not a, like not a good look. And it's annoying because uh, we will face the the after effects of uh, you know Trudeau coming and banning a bunch of our guns because they yep. can't they can't keep their stuff going. Okay. okay. Anything else you want to talk about about this? I don't know. Yeah, Did tinfoil had enough? Feel free to edit as I much of that. I I didn't, I, we don't edit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't think it was tinfoil at all. I think that. There's a lot we don't know, and we won't know a lot until the investigation is done. But I don't, I don't trust no. any release that they do after this. The thing is, like they were telling, someone told those cops not to say that that shooter didn't have a pal. Someone kept that information uh, with a lid on it until they, until like for two days, and right. they had, they had that for two days. Uh, and I believe that uh, uh, someone in that administration, whether it be Blair or something like that, was keeping right. a lid on that stuff. And so, I think that, the, like, I can't, like, 
how can you trust these guys when you know that they're holding on to information because it's not matching the narrative and it's not supporting their uh, further agenda? No, but people are asking those questions. Did he have a pal or a pal? They they did come out with it later. Yeah, I know. Finally, no, after I know. like getting like point blank questions, so, you guys know the answer to this. Ah, boss says so, I can't say it. Sorry, <laughs> looks bad. <laughs> yes, it does. But anyways, Russ actually says, why did the commissioner of the RCMP have to look at Blair in regards to the question whether he had a gun license? The RCMP is an independent body, and should be should have answered it under a minute, just like any other officer. Yes, it doesn't take that long to actually, it could be because the RCMP is the issuing body that actually issues these. So they could have been on it, just like a CPIC. A CPIC could, only, could it actually yeah. is immediate. If you do a CPIC, it comes back almost immediately. So mm-hmm. you know what? Absolutely. But I just wanted to say also that, you know what? It's a horrible event that happened. And, um, and you know, I'm thinking about especially the people who are living in in Nova Scotia right now that have been, you know, with COVID especially, not being able to go in and talk to their friends, reaching out to their family, giving them hugs Mm -hmm. or anything like that, this is actually pretty traumatic for them. So I just wanted to say we're thinking about you guys. Mm -hmm. So let's close the door on that one until there's more news. Is that cool? Yep. Okay. New gun stuff. No new gun stuff. No new gun stuff. There might have been, but like I was, kind of, <laughs> I was distracted by this other stuff. This week. You're distracted by uh, everything. Okay, yeah. so uh, we have Jason Phelps on for a specific reason. We wanted him to come and talk about shotguns. Adriel's going to do the interview because he's super interested in the topic itself and is going to guide um, our. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about shotguns before, but we had some questions on chokes. And I think that yep. the last time we did shotguns, we approached it in a very clinical, uh, theoretical way. We're talking about, well, here's all the different kinds of chokes. Here's all the different kind of shot. And here's all the different kind of blah, 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 blah. And I think, okay, that's that was interesting. I think that it would be uh, more applicable for our audience if we talked more specifically about how you apply that. What actions do you use? What shot sizes do you use? Which chokes do you use for different applications or different uh, different tasks when you're when you're using a shotgun? Uh, because I think that would that would help people more. So, uh, Jason, why don't we why don't we start with something that uh, you're extremely passionate about? Why don't we start with trap? What uh, what kind of <laughs> No, missed it by that much. <laughs> you don't shoot the skeets or you shoot the traps. <laughs> uh, and so uh, let's let's start generically with clay target sports in general, and uh, we'll get to the individual games because each one um, requires different shells, chokes, and right. and shot and loads and such. So uh, we'll we'll start with trap. Start with clay target in general. Internationally, as far as I know, no clay target sport allows a shot size bigger than seven. Now, you'll see most uh, here are seven and a half or eight, um, but we do see shot size seven in, in some countries. Uh, and if you put shot seven and seven and a half side by side, it's very hard to tell the difference without a micrometer. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you have seven and a half and eight side by side without micrometer, you can't really tell the difference. Of course, the higher the number means the smaller this pellet. Um, so a seven is bigger than a seven and a half is bigger than an eight. Uh, I have used shot sizes as small as 11, uh, and that was shooting skeet. And that was just cause it was a novelty. Somebody had a box to try and, and when you hit 
there's a lot of lead shit, a lot of, lot of pellets coming out of a, of a shell with an ounce of 11s in it. Um, but they're small pellets. So if you shoot at a target too far away, you risk the chance of hitting the target, but not breaking it. So, uh, trap, skeet, sporting clays, nines for close targets, uh, and incomers and seven and a half or eights for the rest. And that'll pretty much do all the clay target stuff that you need to do. do you, uh, do you ever use nines or you just go seven and a half eights for like the whole, like all the time? When I was shooting a lot of skeet, I used a lot of nines. Um, mm-hmm. I was at, there was a time when I was shooting seven eighths of an ounce of number nine shot, uh, fourteen hundred fifty feet per second. I think they were a Winchester uh, a load. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason I bought them is, or the reason I shot them is, that I could get them under fifty dollars for for ten boxes of shells, taxed uh, and delivered to me. So uh, it was about price. I was poor, uh, and it was it was the way you could shoot more shells, but. When I buy a shot, it's seven and a half or eight, and I don't really, really care which one it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I would use nines now is if I'm shooting at the belly of a target. So uh, a, a clay target is dome-shaped. Um, if I'm shooting the underside of a target, they're easier to break from the, t- from the bottom than the top, just the geometry of the, of the target. Somebody mm-hmm. told me that. I believe it, so let's call it true. Um, and it just seems if you can see the underside of the target, it takes less effort to break it. Uh, so if I have nines and I, and, uh, and it's a close in target, I've seen the bottom, I'll put in a, a cylinder bore, uh, or skeet choke and, and shoot the, lo- the small loads, but 99% of everything I've shot in the last, uh, 10 years has been seven and a half or eight. So pr- practically speaking, seven and a half or eight, good to go yep. for your clay sports. Yeah. And and what kind of, uh, uh, you're mentioning chokes there just a little bit. You're saying uh, skeet or cylinder. Uh, which, which ones like, do you typically change them out or you typically just run the same ones all the time? So we'll, we'll talk, I normally would shoot, um, anything that is 15 yards and closer. I would shoot with a, a skeet choke mm-hmm. and anything past 15 yards. I'd use a light modified choke. Um, and again, because I'm poor and cheap most of the time, most of my life, uh, those were the ones that I had were extended chokes and they were easier and faster to change mm-hmm. when I was shooting sporting clays. Now, to prove a point, because I'm a bit of a, some have said I'm a bit of a dick, uh, people were running their mouth at a trap, um, it wasn't a competition, but trap shooting night, and they told me that the only thing you could shoot was number sevens with a full choke and an ounce and an eighth, and I just happened to have a couple seven-eighths of an ounce uh, shells, like a, a couple of boxes of them, and I shot from the 27-yard line, so that's, if you're shooting handicap trap, that's as far back from the trap house as you can. And, uh, with a skeet choke and I still beat up. Now I'm not a great trap shot. I've never run 25 trap targets, uh, straight two rounds in a row. Like I've mm-hmm. never done 50 straight. So I'm not, I'm nowhere near competition trap level. Um, but it's, it's the, the chokes will help you by inches and people miss targets by feet. So, um, for people that change them in and out a lot, it's a, it's more of a mental game than anything else. You're convincing yourself you can with this tool. Mm-hmm. And realistically, George Digweed is going to, he shoots, um, 32 or 36 inch parazzi's like they're incredibly long barreled extra full chokes that mm-hmm. are fixed. You can't change them. Like there is no threads there. You don't, they're just fixed choke shotguns and he's won more world titles than anybody else. So it's, it's, it's the shooter, not, not the tools. But 
in a game of inches, every advantage you can make and give yourself, you do it. So if you can't compensate with skill, you spend the money and you buy more tools and toys. Yeah, because you're light modified, and you're you're saying you got skeet and light modified. So that's got that's a pretty wide spread, right? You've got one that's that's very on the very close side, and one that's that's dipping out uh, pretty far. Yeah, I, with light modified, I have broken targets at sixty yards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's not consistently, but that's probably the farthest I've shot um, uh, targets at with my eyesight. I mean, that's a so far away. I could it's hard for me to see it. And it's moving and lead and all that kind of stuff. So if it's past that, uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm just guessing anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are competition targets that we have shot. Um, a rabbit target. So it's an extra heavy duty clay target that's meant to bounce off the ground and roll on the ground. I've shot them in international competition that was, you know, 35, 40 yards away and going downhill at an angle away from you. So you don't even get to see the full face of the target. And you need to be tight on those. Um, but there again, you have your, you're talking about your shot pattern. The looser the choke or the more open the choke, the bigger your pattern is. But you need typically three pellets to hit the target to break it. So you, when you're, it's the same amount of pellets out there. So the bigger spread, the bigger spaces there are between, the, um, between them. So yeah. you need to be able to have them close enough together to break that target. Realistically, any of the clay target sports that you're going to shoot in Canada at amateur level competition, an improved cylinder choke, and and an ounce of number eight shot, and the rest is all you and in between your ears. I like that. That's that's a very practical advice to give. Uh, IC and number eight. Yeah, I mean in three gun, uh, we would like IC is is good enough for most of it. You could use modified, just just the same thing. I think if you're local club are masochists and they put in some like really tight no shoots against their, their shoot targets that a full choke is, is kind of handy. Um, ours is different though, because like we shoot like spinners and like steel, you get knocked down. You got to put a lot of lead on those things. You can't just put a couple. So your aim has to be good and you need like that dense pattern to, uh, to nail that spinner. If you want to, if you want to turn that thing around. What distance are you shooting those targets at Adriel? 10 to 25 meters. But so if at, you, even at, even at 10, 10 meters, IC is starting to get a little bit broader. If you hit yeah. them with an M, you'll get most of your most of your pattern inside that uh, uh, inside that paddle. And guys shooting cylinder bore shotguns, just give up. You're never going to spin that spinner, uh, even w- with a, a cylinder bore shotgun. You just don't put enough pellets on target for uh, for it to turn. It's surprising now, the difference it makes. Are you familiar with the term cutting a ringer? No. Have you got a shotgun shell handy? Uh, no. Okay, so picture a shotgun shell. Yep. You have your brass, mm-hmm. inside, then you have your plastic. In the, you're, it's, it's not full, right? There's a wad inside there. Mm-hmm. So if you cut the outside casing of your shotgun shell around the wad, when you fire that shell, then the whole plastic casing goes and it keeps your pattern together a little further out there and it acts sort of like a frangible slug. So I'm told, allegedly. This is for entertainment purposes only and not to be used as legal advice. Don't do it. <laughs> it sounds like a good way to, uh, to get, get some random crap stuck in your shotgun. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I, 
I've never heard of anybody having anything stuck in your shotgun doing that. I mean, and if you did, the plastic would would basically fall at the end anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it's hmm. it, it's I've seen other people shoot. I don't know, fifty yards, and it, and it's like a shotgun slug splatters. It's it's uh, yeah. I've heard of it, people it, doing like wax slugs, but like that's against that's against the rules in uh, in three gun to to use like a slug on a on a pellet target. But uh, oh, uh, but a wax. But a, hang on, if you're with you're reloading your shotgun shells and you just pour a little paraffin in, uh, if you it's on a single stage press, you couldn't do it on yep. a progressive, but you could just pour paraffin in, and then the the pellets will not separate when they leave the barrel, but they will separate when they impact something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I, I, I don't know the rules of three gun and I, and I have no application for that. Personally, I've read but, them. I have never read anything about using paraffin on pellets and whether that's legal or not, that'd be an yeah. interesting, uh, <laughs> an interesting gamer move there. <laughs> but, uh, well, why don't we move on not, to a different, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, on clay targets, it doesn't help. Don't do it there. No, no, it doesn't help on clay targets. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we look at into uh, another sport? Maybe maybe get into some hunting or something like that. Uh, what about for? Oh, actually, uh, what action? Uh, we talked about uh, 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 clay sports. What action do you use for those? Um, this clay target sports are dominated by break action shotguns, far and away. Um, partly because you get a fancier gun. And it's a little easier to walk around with your, your, you know how you have chamber flags for your maple seed and, and everybody's concerned about muzzle direction and, and yep. safety and, 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 and safety is paramount. But with a break action shotgun, there's no way to discharge that gun when the gun's open. So we use the term open or out. So when your gun is closed, everybody assumes it's loaded. When your gun is open, everybody assumes it's not because it cannot be fired when it's open. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're shooting a semi or a pump, then you have to have your action open, and it's a little harder to see. Uh, so everybody, I mean, I, I like my, I, I shoot in competition um, a Beretta 391, which is a semi-automatic. Uh, I, I use it for hunting and for, and for clay target mm-hmm. shooting, and, and I use a Beretta 682, which is an over and under. Now, I don't know anybody who competes with a, with a side-by-side. Maybe one, I think there's a guy named Dan. Practically speaking, it sounds like over and under or semi. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're, and unless you're shooting, uh, you're a dedicated trap shooter and then you've got a single barrel break action. So Mm. it's just a single shot shotgun. And And if you're a poor, then use a pump. mm, If you're a poor getting started and you, yeah, a lot. I mean, I never did. I, I, my first shotgun was a was a Franke five hundred um, that I bought. I would it was, say it that was, that firmly puts you outside the realm of the poor's. It was the cheapest. It was the cheapest shotgun in the Calgary buy and sell. It was two hundred sixty dollars, and I sat at the I sat at the craps table till I won enough <laughs> money to buy that gun. <laughs> it's the only time I've made money. Did you start with five hundred dollars and then end with the gun? I started with forty dollars and ended oh, up with the gun. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I am not a like I don't I have never been a, a, a gambler in that regard. Uh but yeah, that was that's how I got my first shotgun. But it was a hunting gun. A Frankie five hundred is not a clay target gun. It's a fixed full choke. It is light. It is um 
it did not withstand the the abuse that regular clay target shooting gave it and i actually wore it out twice like it was it's gone to the gunsmith twice to get rebuilt now it just has a place of privilege in my in my safe is the first shotgun i had and then That's I went something from, that we run into in three gun as well. People like wearing out shotguns. Yeah. When you look at uh, like some of uh, uh, some of the Turkish uh, semi-autos, like they're cheap to start with, and they're some yeah. of them are okay to start with. But as soon as you start running ten, twenty, thirty thousand shells through them, it's like ah, everything starts breaking on them. And, exactly, uh, and they're not reliable anymore. Same thing with like um, the Mossberg nine thirties and that kind of thing. Uh, some people start with them and they really like them. They run and then parts start breaking on them. They they start like just jamming and getting unreliable. It's uh, there's a there's a difference between a shotgun that can go thousands of rounds between cleanings and a shotgun that can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can we? I, I need to switch devices here because I'm going to lose battery on this one and I can't plug in and have my earbuds. I'll monologue so about three gun for a little bit. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I mean, in three gun, in terms of action, you see most people using. Uh, uh, when yeah, they're first starting out, pump action yep. shotguns with an yep. extension on it. Okay. Uh, I see your mod for a choke, mm-hmm. and you're good to go. And if you've right. got a little bit more money, you get yourself a Stogram 3K, which is a semi-auto inertia action shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you got more money than that, you get a Benelli M2 or uh, uh, one of those fancy Tacord uh, Versamaxes uh, or... You get yourself an M2, or if you're going to go open, you get one of those uh, Typhoon F12s, and you yeah. mod it up. And those will also suffer with from some parts breakage. So just uh, yeah, be ready for that. Uh, most open guns do. Most open guns um, need regular maintenance to run. And uh, yeah, so we got you, we got you on two devices, Jason. Not anymore. Oh, okay. Sweet. So, uh, when you're doing three gun, what choke do you use on the three? When you're, I see your mod, and you could go, you could go with either one and run the whole time with just that. If you're going to get fancy, uh, or if you need to conserve shells in a particular, like some stages might have overlapping targets or targets that are very close to each other. With the, which with a shotgun is pretty hard because right, uh, you put a no shoot next to a shoot no and shoot. get some pellets in there. Oh, you, you know, you, you rack up your penalties. Right. Um, so for those targets, you may want to run a full, um, but those are rare. Like you don't see those very often. Most of the time, you see people running just an IC or mod a hundred percent of the time, and they're fine uh, just with those. Okay. Yeah. We shoot. Um, po- we call them poison birds and sporting clays too. Uh, they'll throw three clays, and one of them is a is an off color. Mm-hmm. And if you hit that clay, then nothing counts. And they're not done in in major competitions, but in fun shoots, it's a it's a pretty common thing, and we can use them in, in competition, but it's uh, you kn- it's kind of random on how the clays come out of the machine. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's not usually done in big money competitions or or you know big prestige competitions, but yeah. they're certainly they're certainly out there. Yeah, you don't want to have the randomness with a with a competition where people are like supremely invested in it. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, like in, in in three gun semi auto is is always a benefit. Um, if well, although some guys like to run like huge extensions on their pumps because you can, there's no there's no limit to uh, how, your capacity for a pump shotgun Canada. But multi semis and no brake action <laughs> <laughs> or bolt no action. Single, single someone action was asking kids. me. Someone was asking me about bolt action shotguns and like, why would you use these? I'm like, never. That's a terrible idea for everything. Why would you use a, a bolt action shotgun? Oh, for a boat paddle. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe in a country where like you can't have a, like a better action on your shotgun, and that's as good as it gets. I think they were cheap when they were new too, weren't they? Uh, yeah, or, or people might have used them for uh, uh, slug hunting with uh, with deer and that kind of thing, because you could run a rifled barrel and a bolt action shotgun, and it would be okay, I guess. You're only going to shoot one shot, anyways. I shot trap with one one time only just to say that I'd done it. But yeah, it, it's not the right tool for any job I've ever done. No, because everything else works. They're not precise <laughs> enough to need them. Right. Yeah. But uh, they're, they're very neat. The, the old Savage uh, bolt actions with the, with the magazine on them. It's just like, it's the weirdest thing ever. But uh, uh, okay. Well, there's three gun. There's uh, there's trap. What, what about, uh, what about some of our hunting sports? Uh, what would you use for, uh, what would the optimal tool be for upland? And what is upland anyways? So upland game refers to bird hunting that's not waterfowl. Pheasants, chuckers, partridge. Chickadees. Uh, Good luck. That's yeah. a tight choke. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you got to get a lot because mm. it takes a You, you got to either stay as skinny as Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> they just or do a kebab with a whole bunch of them on there right oh, I, just, no, I i shoot um when i shoot pheasants i'm usually like when i'm using my over and under uh if i use my browning it's fixed full and modified so i use that and i like i don't like shooting it's a old browning superposed um it's built in 1959 it's just uh, one of my favorite you said shotguns three things there you said fixed full and modified so can, fixed can you means you can't down? Yeah, fixed means you can't change them. They they are that's just the site. This the it is just the barrel that it is. You can't uh, screw so in full, a different choke. No, it's just built no. in. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the the Browning superposed uh, the barrel walls are too thin uh, to to be able to thread them. Like that's something that you can do with some older shotguns. If the barrel wall is thick enough, mm-hmm. uh, you can have the barrel now. Just because the rules are rules and postage is postage, you could send your barrels to briley and i think they're in texas but i can't remember briley will will thread your barrels and and sell mm-hmm. you choke tubes and and for old especially old like old um like an auto five great running shotgun you're never going to wear it out shooting target loads with it uh but most of them i think all of them were all fixed fixed chokes mm-hmm. uh you could get it sent away have the or as i did when uh when i used to shoot a browning double auto which is just a two shot uh auto a 12 vet i had four different barrels and it was i could actually change barrels faster than some of my competitors could change chokes now i never competed with it in serious competition because it was just it was just a gun that i bought because it was kind of neat and cool and the price is right mm-hmm. uh but it came with the there were no fixed there were no changeable chokes but it was a very 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 quick system to change the barrel on it yeah um but really it there's a there are clay target coaches called Gill and Vicky Ash, and they actually wrote a magazine article for Sporting Clays uh, magazine uh, that actually had the best um, description of what chokes are and what they do. Because choke tubes, um, to change them while you're hunting is craziness. Yeah. The reason double barrel that. shotguns have two different chokes in them normally when you buy them is that you shoot one barrel for close range. And if you miss, you shoot your second barrel for further away if the bird's going away or, or vice versa. Um, now, if you've got two triggers and you're quick on the think, then that 
that's easy to do. If you're not quick on the think, then who knows if you're going to get both barrels together or the wrong barrel yeah. first. So um, I've never, I've never had a twin trigger shotgun. I don't like them, um, but I don't like them because I've never had one. I never had to learn with one. I've but had, I, I, I kind of like the single trigger ones. Cause you just like, bah, bah, you, no thinking yeah. about it. Just to start pulling the trigger. And if you happen to uh, get your finger between the triggers and you pull the back trigger, the recoil cannot, can, can drive that front trigger into your finger uh, cut your finger or you like they're designed to pull the front trigger first. So that way you can just drag your finger to the back mm-hmm. trigger, not the most precise trigger trainer, maple seed trigger pull or trigger press, pardon me. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's a thing. It's just not, it's, it's outdated and obsolete and you only see it now in really cheap or really expensive shotguns. So um, I think what you're saying is for upland double barrel, single trigger, whatever choke system they got in them. One, one that's yeah, a little bit more I mean, open, one that's a little bit more tight when the, when yeah, you missed and I, the bird's flying away. Yeah. I, and, but this year I shot all my, all my upland. I shot with my Beretta 391 um, and with a, a IC choke in it. Mm-hmm. And this is on a percentage wise, this is a really good year for me. I, I don't think I, I think I got 10 pheasants and I used 12 shells. It's a pretty cheap year for pheasant hunting for me this year. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't go as often as I as I like. Yep. Um, goose hunting. I used the same gun. Goose hunting. Uh, as it turned out, skeet joke would have been fantastic because I don't. I, I went to take a shot at. I was with two old fellows, and I went to take a shot at the geese after they called the shot, and they said, "Sit down, not yet." And I'm like, "Why? Too far." I'm like, "I can shoot that far." He goes, "I'm not walking that far to pick it up." <laughs> <laughs> now the combined age of those two guys was dead plus and uh i, I said okay, i'll do all the walking i'll pick up all the birds but that was pretty much it for the we had six or eight geese that day it wasn't a big day but um if you're but shooting but before inside, we get into the before we get yeah. to the geese um yeah uh two things one what shot size for upland and two can you move your camera up a little bit so oh. we're not like yeah, Sorry. there we go. Yeah, yeah, oh, sure. yeah. Much I was going to shut my camera off so you don't have to look at me. I'm, I'm trying Open. to stay away from the kids downstairs. So. Ah, um, and I'm trying to keep the the window from being behind me for the the whiteout. So there we go. Um, yeah, what what shot for uh, pheasant? Seven and a half, four, double lot. Uh, Mark? yeah, double lot. <laughs> so I use fours and sixes. I use uh, when I'm shooting. I use six in my bottom barrel, four in my top. If I'm shooting an over and under. Uh, and that is that is, steel or lead or bismuth or titanium. I shoot pheasants with steel shot and not because I have to, but because where I shoot pheasants primarily, there's lots of ducks. And if I happen to, if I happen to have the seasons overlap and I'm in the same spot and there's ducks, I like to eat ducks. So you cannot hunt uh, waterfowl in Alberta with lead shot, but you can hunt upland game with lead shot. So mm-hmm. if you are, you're, you're more than welcome to shoot pheasants with lead. Uh, it's, it's, there's no regulation against it. It's, it's a good thing. Um, I tend to shoot with steel a, because I bought a bunch that was on sale and I have it. And, uh, that allows me to, that allows me to shoot both. And if you're, if you're caught with dead ducks in your, in your, uh, in your vest and you have lead shot cause you were shooting pheasants, you're in a bit of jeopardy. So yeah. I just, just to avoid the questions, I shoot my pheasants with steel. Uh, I try and 
not take any shots outside of 30 yards on a pheasant if I can help it. Um, I've got a reasonably good dog if I can keep up. So yeah, I, pheasants, fours and sixes, six when they're close, four when they're further away. For geese, I use number twos or BBs. Um, somebody told me that was the right thing to do and the results have been good. So that's, I've, I've stuck with it. I haven't done any experimenting to find out if one's better than the other. You said uh, I, B- BBs for geese? Yeah, BB or or um, number two shot. And I shot sizes go, uh, like I said, 11, 9, 8, 7.5, 7, 6, 4, 2. And there are other. There's one. There, is there one? I've never There's seen one. one. I, I, believe I got a box there. of it. <laughs> um, and there it's. And then it goes, there's B, uh, BB, triple B. Double lot and triple lot buck, which is double lot buck, I think is about the same as a nine millimeter for diameter. I think they're big and, old lead balls. Yeah, I mean you're not shooting birds with that. Um, and like I said, I I do it because I was told to, and it worked, and it wasn't broke, so I didn't try and fix it. Uh, I've really done very little um, bird hunting compared to the clay target shooting I've I've done. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'd take. Basically, I take uh, take the advice where it's there. I've done a bit of duck and uh, uh, and goose, and with the duck, yeah, number fours are are seem to be really good in steel, and then with the geese, uh, BB is has been fine for me. Um, I really like a semi-auto shotgun just because I have one for three gun anyways, and I'm handy with it. And I got the match saver so I can pull that shot over into the port, hit the button and be back up and get one more shot just in case. So in, in Upland, uh, very seldom do you flush two pheasants at once. Like it's, it's, I've done it twice in my entire hunting career of 15 mm-hmm. years um, where there's been the opportunity to take two birds. And realistically, if you're, if you don't get on the second shot, it's, it's flowing further away. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. a clay target where as soon as it leaves the machine, it's slowing down. That bird is, uh, if you missed or got close the first time, it's speeding up. It's getting out of there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I guess like, um, for duck and goose, uh, the other thing to consider is that you're not using a two and three quarter inch shell, right? Using a, a three inch or a three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I I normally shoot three inch shells at waterfowl just because that's what I have. Uh, when I'm shooting upland, it's two and three quarter. But yeah, yeah, it's it's about payload and reach and and what's available for you at the time. So it's not that you can't; it's just that there's better tools for the job, right? Yeah, and um, with goose or mostly with goose, because I think with duck, like uh, number four, you can, you can get enough shot in there in a, in a three inch, but some guys like the three and a half for, for goose, just because when you get up to BB, there's, <laughs> there's not a lot of pellets in there That's and right. uh, a little bit more, uh, uh, shot payload gets you a little bit better coverage. Hmm. One thing to think about too, is if when you're, especially when you get into the higher end shotguns, there are chokes that come with your shotgun and that's for the poors. apparently mm-hmm. you got to go get you upgrade your chokes and you get Briley's or Mueller's or um, there's all sorts of different brands. The most important thing that for me is, is the confidence you have in it. Now mm-hmm. there is technical advantages, but I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen anybody outshoot their gun. Like I don't know anybody who can 
I mean, if you believe it, it becomes a thing, but Mm -hmm. are you shooting better or are you just believing you're going to shoot better and thus shooting better? And well, it's such a psychological part of the game. And I kind of like I kind of like the uh, the ones so the, so with a with a lot of most shotgun chokes you need to use a choke tool like a key yeah. to get in there and, and turn them off. I like the ones that are like external thread, so you can just grab onto them and, and twist them off for a three gun at least. Because if you need to change between two different stages, it's super quick. You twist it off. You, you can do it by hand. You don't need your choke tool, uh, and uh, some of them will have labeling on the outside. So yes. with the with the inset ones, there can be like yeah. little scores in it to tell yeah. you like wh- what choke yeah. it is, which is yeah. kind of hard to read if it's called carboned up or if you've got bad eyesight. Uh, whereas or, the other or you, ones, or you forget is is four is four hash marks. Is that the tight one or is it? <laughs> <laughs> I yes. have, like I said, I I have choke tubes from from various shotguns that that interchange with with my. Like the Benelli Nova that, that I sold, Kelly has the same choke system as my Beretta 682, which has the same choke system as uh, Supernova. But my 391 has a different choke system. Um, and making sure that they match if you're going to interchange is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, like Browning, Midas, Midas Gold, Optima, Invectus. Uh, Select, Inve- Invector, Browning's Invector, and Invector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get it in Carlson chokes and Carlson makes them for, for multiple brands and, and styles. And it's, you just have to make sure it matches. Now, the other thing is looking after your choke tubes there, you shouldn't have any issues breaking them if you're careful, but if you drop them on a stone and they're not round anymore, then it's not going to work anymore. Right. Or the geometries, you, uh, crank it on too tight and then leave it in there for a long time and it gets stuck. I have never like I've I've left choke tubes in. Well, I, I, my three ninety one, I that choke that that uh, improved cylinder's been in there for two years. Now it's come out and gone back in, but mm-hmm. I haven't shot any other choke in that gun for two years. And I and I leave it in there. I don't take it out every time I clean. I, I don't take yeah. it out every time I take the gun apart. Um, I don't know. I, I've heard of it. I believe it's a thing. I don't know how you would ever possibly have a choke tube stuck in where you couldn't get it out. And if you did, I think if you crammed it in too tight, if you crammed it in too tight, then then you might not be able to get it out. Remember, you're still threading against the shoulder, right? There's still Mm -hmm. that. There's to keep your your smoothness inside. There's a where the choke tube it can only go so far. There's no Mm -hmm. gap for it to go. Like it's it's a pretty precision machined instrument to get that to go in just perfect. So uh, yeah, yeah. Remingtons, maybe Remingtons. And I've you're describing had... precision machined. It's like I don't think they do that very well these days. And that's <laughs> fair. Uh, I I don't know that I've ever owned. I, my the only Remington shotgun I have ever owned is my Model uh, Eleven, which is the the Browning Auto Five clone. So and that's the only one I've got. And and the first shotgun I ever ran twenty five straight with trap. With a hundred-year-old shotgun, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, what else can you do with a shotgun? What else can you talk for chokes and that kind of thing? I guess you can hunt big game. I've never done it. I've never ever. Not on the prairies. No, not the like because you you don't have to. I think there's some jurisdictions where you have you can only use a shotgun, and yeah, in those areas think, they run a slug. In some areas, and some you have yeah, to you run buckshot. So you get a sabotage slug. So you, you put a um, a slug inside of a 
in Sabo, so it's a Sabo. Sabo, Sabo, Sabo. Por favor. Mr. Merci beaucoup, Thank you for that. Sabo. Yeah. Sabo. I've seen them. Never, never. It's good. I've never used one. Yeah. You've never used one. Okay. I used one for fun one time. It was like not worth i didn't even put run it through a rifled barrel because i don't have one of those but apparently if you're gonna like shoot deer where there's a bunch of people and a bunch of houses and cottages and that kind of thing you might have to go get a rifled barrel uh run a sabo slug put a put a scope on a cantilever mount on your barrel for your shotgun and run that and that is the bee's knees for deer hunting with a shotgun you could use if a buck i told shot, but if i told you you could get a rifled choke would you believe me i would because some people use those in three gun as a spreader choke because exactly. if you put shot through it it just goes wow everywhere. <laughs> it everywhere it's like <laughs> it's like shooting a 22 shot shell through a 22 if you're pointing it we've only ever i've only ever seen them used at rabbit targets mm-hmm. inside of 10 yards i've never seen anybody else use one for anything other than that except a guy that that i shoot with on a fairly regular basis he forgot to take it out and he was shooting, you know, 15, 20 yard crossing birds that, you know, normally you just vaporize them, turn them into black powder and he couldn't hit one. He couldn't hit one and he couldn't hit one and he couldn't hit one. And then he found out he left his spreader choke in. And the funny thing was, is we figured it out about four shots before he did. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think, uh, I think those are supposed labeled, to be right? used with like the idea behind those was with slugs. I think I, th- I believe that oh, the, I don't the, think so. Yeah. Think, Why so would they I, make I, a rifle choke for, for shot? I know oh, they're for, a spreader now. No, for spreader. No, I think they were designed for spreader. If, really? If somebody told me they were. No, I mean, it's only an inch of spin at the end of the barrel. Uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. think that would be effective, would it? And for, for a slug? Well, I mean, the, I don't the, know. the like, Forster slugs have like a little bit of like spin into the lead. I don't think that does anything either. I think those no. things like they don't have hardly any stabilization. I, I thought that was just so that when the, when it pushed through those, those fins would deform to fill your barrel to, to have more gas pressure. I didn't think they actually did anything Correct. that actually spun the choke or spun the slug. Yeah. But there again, you're way outside my wheelhouse with choke with slugs. Uh, and shotgun. Mine, mine as well because I don't like. You can use a spreader choke in three gun. Uh, I don't particularly need to use one because I find cylinders just fine. Uh, and uh, I don't, I don't hunt deer with shotguns either because I don't need to. I can use a rifle. I, th- I I've seen uh, some people shooting uh, uh, deer with buckshot, and it uh, doesn't look fantastic. It looks mm-hmm. like you put a big wide wound pattern into the deer. Close up, you're going to do the trick. So will everything. That's uh, right. And uh, uh, far away, it's uh, not the greatest. You're probably going to get some, some gut shot in there. It's probably going to make a mess of your stupid deer. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking trash about something that I don't do myself, which is probably something I shouldn't do because there's probably something That's the only there. thing I talk about trash about is the stuff I don't do. I never talk trash about the stuff I do. Buckshot hunting deer? What is this nonsense? Use a 308. Come on. If, if they're that close, use a, use a lever action 3030. It'll be just as good or better. 308. Trio tree British. Trio tree British. Yeah, we're Canadian here, eh? That's right. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I find a lot of people say like, ah, oh, it works for deer, but like everything does. Everything That's works right. for deer. Uh, it works great under 100 meters. Everything does. <laughs> There's like any gun will work there. Uh, is there anything that we missed with shotguns? Um, I don't think so. It's, uh, I mean, it's a never ending, it's a never ending, uh, money pit, I guess. <laughs> it like can one, be. Yeah. I, like, it can be very practical to, too. You could just use a pump action shotgun and go do like around, oh, around a sure. trap and go shoot sure. pheasants and go do some yep. ducks and some geese yep. and maybe Ab- you, you, yes, shoot you a can. deer with it. Absolutely. You can. And like I said, it, it only becomes a money pit when you spend money that you shouldn't like what's the right number well there's a pair of holland and holland royal deluxe double uh royal doubles or royal deluxes that have been for sale at the new york gun room for holland and holland for the last seven years and they're two hundred and fifty thousand pounds each and you have to buy the pair like there's no limit right when kelly said the oh, old kelly you said you got oh, a yeah. 12 gauge uh mech junior yeah, press and you're going, to, but your shotgun's I'm not a twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if you get a Ponsness press, you can mm. interchange um, Ponsness and Dylan. I believe you can get interchangeable uh, kits, but you're cheaper just to buy another press. Yeah. No. You know what you should do? What reload slugs. <laughs> Get those Lee drive key slugs. Make a bunch of those on your 12-gauge press. <laughs> Cast your own slugs. Save a ton There of you money. go. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just do it in the backyard. Yeah. Melt up yeah. some lead. Uh, yeah. Have that fumes. Just yeah. blow it away from you. Yep. Okay. No problem. You good on shotguns? <laughs> I think we are. I think we're good. All right. And I think, I, I think I've been called for dinner twice while we're doing this. So. Ah, oh, okay. are, you, are you leaving us? Um... You got something better than dinner? Uh, no. Well, what's for no, dinner? No, I was, I don't, <laughs> don't, no. I'm just kidding you. I'm kidding you. But this is, I, I had to figure out a way to do this without having, with while being plugged in because it's, uh, I asked my kids to put my iPad on charge before we came, uh, before I got home today. And of course they didn't. So I'm going to swap, swap devices again because I've been plugged in for a little bit. So bear with me. I'll be right back. Okay. So why don't we get into listener feedback? Thanks again um, for talking about shotguns, Jason, but we'll get into listener feedback. And then if you want to join us, um, just stop on. So listener feedback is uh, sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. You can also check him out on Facebook as well as Instagram. And uh, he has some sales on right now too. So go on in and check him out because he's, um, yeah, it's a fantastic guy. Got some great sales. All right. I'll read the one from Joel. Uh, Joel's been emailing us for the past couple of weeks and I'll, uh, I'll read these and we can uh, talk about his and then we'll switch out. So from Joel, it says, I'll start my reply by admitting I may be a dumbass for assuming something that looks like a dovetail that is 11 millimeters is an 11 millimeter dovetail. I'll also admit I know nothing about shotgun. Oh, hello. Better? Yes, Yes. thank you. (laughs) No feedback. Uh, So where was I? Oh, yeah. So um, I'll also admit I know nothing about shotguns. This is my first. Congratulations, Joel. 
it's the perfect show to actually talk about everything that you're talking about. Anyways, I've attached some of the photos that I thought was a dovetail on the Canuck Defender Enforcer. It's an, and, and, inexpensive red dot that seems to fit on the groove admittedly this red dot does not hold doesn't hold zero when mounted there which is why i'm writing uh this email in the first place so he did actually send us some um uh photos uh do i have a uh, he's got a pick rail he's got a pick rail on the top it's the picatinny rail is all like you can put a red dot right on that thing yeah, so it's not 11 millimeter. It's just a Picatinny rail, and you can stick anything on that. Anything, that is, basically. is ready to rock and roll for a red dot or whatever. He shows an adapter on top of it, which looks like a raised rail with Weaver on the top. You don't need yes. that. Uh, Weaver is kind of like Picatinny in that you can like clamp on some rings on there or, or a red dot. Um, Weaver typically has fewer slots. Picatinny has like evenly spaced slots the whole way down. Uh, you have pick rail. You can put anything you want to on it. Right. Well, he's actually he's talking about putting a vortex on it. So cool. Uh, he has a he has an inexpensive one already, but vortex actually is fantastic. Just put it on there, buy one, and put it on it. I don't really think we really need to get into his second one because oh. it's actually comparing. Oh. What? You know what he says? What? He says this red dot doesn't hold zero when mounted here. No, but he's talking about, so the picture that he has, mm-hmm. um, it's actually not the rail itself. It's the, the groove. So it's, he, he's mounted it in a groove and it's not real. But when you go back and look at his photo, let's uh, go down to the second photo that's on the bottom. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, he can mount it onto the rail there and he's fine. Yes, the pick rail on the top right. of the gun. Yes, exactly. the, pick, the pick rail will take something. But he right. said, like, no, I, I was coming to some other conclusion. He says the red dot doesn't hold zero, which is why I'm writing this email in the first place. Right. That's his red dot's problem. Right. If he's got a crappy red dot yeah, and he's and trying it, to shoot it on a <laughs> shotgun, it's not going to hold zero because that's a lot of recoil. And if you're running like a, a an eBay or AliExpress uh, red dot on your shotgun it won't hold zero it's gonna get shaken loose by that thing so uh yeah vortex would vortex yeah and that's what he said he was looking at putting a vortex on it yeah yeah, yeah. that's your better option so mm-hmm. all right wayne a do you want to talk do you want to read wayne a's it's a little longer hi guys i'm messaging you about why you shouldn't send a picture of your pal so here's what happened to me i found a very nice winchester 9410 410 shotgun that i couldn't live without uh, I contacted the seller. We agreed on a price of 1150 shipped. So to be on the safe side, before I sent EMT, I asked if I could have his phone number, which he provided, and a picture of his pal and his address. No problem. He sent what I asked for. Good, right? So I sent mm-hmm. my EMT and provided the password via text message. Everything good so far. Then he stopped texting me back. After I provided him my pal picture, my cell, and my address. After a few hours of him not responding to me, I tried calling him. Guess what? It was a texting app. I got screwed for eleven fifty. Oh yeah, I forgot. I checked his pal. It was a valet license. Uh, so here's where it got better. Now I had to make out a police report, then call the RCMP. They had to cancel my license now because it was used in a fraud scam. 
I had to fill out a new application for a PAL, send a new picture, pay for a new license. Took, oh, around two months to get a new one. So all my restricted firearms needed a new registration certificate because they were linked to my old license. for two. So for two months, I couldn't use any of them until my new license arrived and certificates. When I was talking to the CFO, she said that the PAL was used uh, was a guy in Chatham, Ontario. The seller said he was in BC. After I got off the phone with the CFO, I Googled the name on the PAL and the city and got a hold of the guy. He's an armored car driver, so he got had to go through all the same crap as I did, getting a new license, but it was worse for him because he needed a valet PAL for his job. Work, yeah. On my next gun sale, I now don't trust anyone. The buyer provides me with his PAL and address. I called to verify it in his address to make sure his license and mailing address are the same and was told the PAL was good, but they're not allowed to tell me if the address is. So now I send my expiry date and my number, and if that's not enough, I move on. So when your PAL is sold on the dark web and Trevor Furlot is buying guns and having them <laughs> shipped to Jane and Finch, I'm going to say, I told you so. Uh, I hope I'm not too late uh, to prevent a bad trader rating. There might be a good reason he didn't send it. Sorry for the bad spelling and grammar. I'm a truck driver, not a school teacher. P.S. If you see my name on your next... School teacher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we won't talk about Trevor anymore. Yeah. Grammar. <laughs> Okay. If you see my name on your next gun sale, check the number with the RCMP. It might not really be me because my old pal still has a good expiration date. And hi, Kelly. I'm from Kingston, too. Hi, Wayne. Okay. So I think actually he did it correctly. If the CFO is open, we can call them. We can actually check and make sure a pal is registered to that person and it's a valid pal, etc. But... I know, I know, I asked to look for, I, I want pictures, so, I don't know. That's a lot of... I do it through CGN, because there's a trader rating, and it's hard, it's yeah. very hard to spoof that, so I don't worry about it as much. I, I generally know that if I'm on CGN, I'm not going to get hosed. Um, if it's on a more anonymous trading site, then I don't like... The dark web? Uh, especially, <laughs> the, especially the dark web, yep. That's very untrustworthy, the dark web is, yeah. yep. Got to pay for Bitcoin, pay for stuff in bitcoins and stuff. Yeah, nah. yeah, no, yeah. no. There's your micro cash for you. Bitcoins. Cyber, yeah, cyber yeah. cash. No, cyber currencies. Yeah, those are going for. I don't know. Dogecoin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Wayne. Uh, from Troy, it says, "Hey guys, uh, have been a short time listener now at Random Intervals. Heard first heard of the show when the Maccabee." defense slr came out to the market and i got my pre-order in i love listening to you guys on the way to and from work absolutely love the humor in episode 350 and about the right eye and left eye dominant children picking um poking children's eye out okay uh listening a lot a lot sorry learning a lot along the way tons of cool and interesting facts keep up the good spirits and the good work on the show says troy thanks troy uh alex you want to read this from one? alex hey guys i was thinking it would be nice to hear about different water filtration methods in case the, t the taps get shut off methods like distilling also since the shooting in nova scotia happened i have a feeling we'll have uh rod or tracy on as a guest but what about other pro-gun personalities like colian noir would be mm. cool if rod and colian were on a show together anyway keep up the great work cheers alec 
Well, well, Alex, your timing is impeccable. Wait just a little while and you might find Coleon's opinions on Canadian gun laws uh, shortly. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. It's, yeah. Yeah, I like seeing his videos too, like the the ones previous. They're extremely well thought out. Um, They are really well. Yeah. Yeah. He used to be a, you guys he are, used to be a, a cop, right? I don't. I think, think he was so. no lawyer. I, I thought. Oh, maybe. Yeah. No nope, lawyer. You're right. Yeah. What Do you guys you know say, Ken Drew? Blanchard? Does that name ring a bell for you? No, it rings not a really. bell. Yeah, we'll Ken Blanchard back. wrote a book. Hang on a second. I think it's called Black Man with a Gun. And he used to have a Black Man with a Gun podcast. He's a. Oh, I listened to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Used to. Yeah. Yeah. He used to listen to it a lot, all the time. And in fact, one of the first podcasts he's got. I like his perspective. He hasn't done much gun stuff lately, but they um, stopped doing podcasting altogether recently. I thought, I thought he just, he just started something else hmm. a little while ago. Cause I, he got transferred or let go mm-hmm. from it. He's a preacher and worked for the FBI or CIA or something like he'd done a lot of stuff and none of it seemed to make any money, but uh, he was very interesting to talk to from a perspective that is totally outside my wheelhouse. And uh, I just, yeah, I'd like to see him and, and Coleon do something together, A, because Ken's got lots of age and experience behind him, mm-hmm. but Coleon's got the tech and the he's got the youthful part of it, right? His yeah. uh he's excellent at arguing as well. Yeah, he is. Making a point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. This one's from Nathan now. This says, Hey guys, I hope you're doing well and staying safe. I have a few questions and an idea for a subject of the show that I think would be good. First though, I would like to answer Kelly. Uh, I sent an email a couple weeks back and I said how we are not allowed to use rifle for deer. And she wanted to know where it was located. He's located in Southwest or Southwestern Ontario. Um, if I remember correctly, Okay, so it says, I'm located in Smithsville, a little town uh, in West Lincoln area, and we only have shotgun season. He's talking about deer. So this is a perfect show to talk about, because he was asking for shotgun recommendations for deer season and using a slug. Did we really cover that? We didn't really cover that. We talked we? roughly about it. Um, the like go-to for a slug is, is a, a rifled barrel, uh, sable slug and uh, a low magnification scope. When you talk about specific shotguns to use for that, there's Mm -hmm. not really a lot of selection. So whatever you can find locally that has uh, a rifled barrel, that would be good for Sabos. And the reason why you want to go for a Sabo is that a 12 gauge round chunk of lead has the BC of like a a Mack truck and it slows Mm -hmm. down very fast and it's not very, uh, and it's a lot of lead in terms of diameter. Whereas if you can get a sable on that sucker and get it down to like 45 caliber, does that sound about right, Jason? <laughs> Way outside my wheelhouse, but yeah, I think so. You need to get sable down to, you can get them right down to 30 caliber, I think. Like there's, yeah. there's all sorts of, cho- I think as long as you have money, there's more choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, long story short, um, it's actually too, too big of a chunk of lead to effectively move down range. Uh, and the penetration is eh, just kind of so-so. So a jacketed hollow point in a Sabo is going to give you better downrange uh, ballistic performance. Uh, and the rifling in the barrel is going to give you that stabilized spin. So you're going to get a, a, a better mid-range shot with a rifled bar- uh, shotgun barrel and a Sabo slug. 
right. On to my first question. I was wondering what you guys have seen or have any opinions on the new BCL coyote that's uh, going to be coming out. Uh, would it be worth it, especially with the past BCL, with the past, the BCL has had uh, with uh, rifles that have failed all the time and horrible customer service. But with a new company owning BCL, I was wondering if you guys uh, think the coyote would be a good gun to get or would it be better idea just to get the modern sporter? I've heard that the customer service is much better. I've heard that the issues in the Mark 7 remain. Mm -hmm. uh, And there are still many issues with that rifle. So um, I would personally not get the Coyote until it had a few hundred buyers and some Mm -hmm. reviews on CGN. I would would want to see other people shooting it. Like the the problems with, uh, for the, the WK-180, for example didn't start coming out until a few months in when people got thousands of rounds into them and they started running into reliability issues or uh, durability issues. Um, So I I think that for a, for a new firearm manufactured in Canada, I probably wouldn't buy one until there's again, a few months in a few hundred people have them, even if it's something sexy, even though, even if the price is fantastic, just cause, uh, the possibility of getting something that's a lemon are are, uh, are high. Yeah, and the modern sporter is actually if he wants buy it, it's got it's been proven. Yeah, the modern I sporter. Uh, I wouldn't buy it till after Adriel's had it anyway. That's my new go-to. <laughs> oh, the new go-to is to wait till Adriel reviews the rifle and then you'll buy it. Well, maybe for, for a discount. Review. Yeah, <laughs> depending on it, depending <laughs> if it's any good. Yeah, <laughs> or or. I'll wait till Trevor finds something like a, like, I don't know, remote control boats or something. And then I'll buy remote control cars off him or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's true. Did you guys, have you guys ever heard of Nat shooting? Go back to the shotguns for a second. Mm -hmm. Nat shooting, G N A T shooting. So what they do is they, they take a, a very, very rudimentary aluminum bodied model airplane. And they put like, like, um, percussion caps on the bottom of it and you stand and like there's five guys like a trap line and they fly past the trap line and they shoot oh yeah yeah it's not legal in canada's from my from what i understand you're not allowed what the hell are you doing talking about it then (laughs) because it's 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 done in 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 europe and it's it's looks hilarious and if how is it not legal how is it not legal like i can shoot whatever i want to i don't think somebody told me something about not being able to have um explosives mounted to uh, a flying device and shooting it okay. and i know they were going maybe to the explosives <laughs> i agree there maybe the, yeah. maybe you can't fly a drone with explosives on it yeah but it was uh i know they were going to they were, i didn't go to the grand prairie shoot where i understood it was going to happen and i never heard whether it did happen or not but for everybody put 20 dollars in and somebody got on a remote control airplane and you got to shoot it and they would they would do circles and get it was circle closer and closer yeah, and closer yeah, yeah. to the to the fly stand. That okay. should be fine. There's no explosives on it. Shoot down an RC airplane all you want. I'd rather shoot an RC car, but Trevor get mad. No, oh, an airplane would be way better because it would like it would like come down. Get one get- gas too, so it comes down in flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That'd be awesome. You gotta sh- what? What do you gotta get do to get flames on there? You gotta have like. Steel shot, maybe steel shot, and some like magnesium in there, and like a big fuel tank. 
for so long, now for you're long talking, lasting. For now long you're lasting. talking about explosives now. Well, no, 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 no. I'm talking no, no, no. about light. <laughs> magnesium is a nice lightweight material, no. and you right. need lots of fuel in these things to fly them around right. for a long time. It gets they shot down to, because someone thinks it's a bird. happened to catch fire. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, it's just a coincidence. For entertainment purposes only, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're such Allegedly. a bad idea to bring on. Okay. <laughs> but seriously, look up, look up Nat shooting on YouTube. It's awesome. On YouTube. All right. So Sounds now good. everybody's gonna go there. So going back to Nathan's email, his second question. He says, second question, guys. You were talking about cross-eye dominance and wanted to check uh, to get some clarification. I'm cross-eye dominant. He says, and I watch some of the competition guys who have channels. I'm thinking he's talking about YouTube channels. And some of them are saying that you turn your head and line your eye up with the sights, and it would work. And I do find it pretty good and then you say eye patch uh and then he says now i'm wondering what would that do would it make your eye non-dominant eye into the dominant eye i was just wondering what's the thinking behind patching the eye so um you can do that you can actually turn your head and you can line up but actually what it does is um if you don't get it lined up correctly you're not going to hit where you're 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 shooting and then when we were talking about kids and dominance uh, kids um, especially if you don't patch the eye um, it, what it does is actually they'll start they'll they get tired lazy they'll revert back to the to the more dominant eye so um are you, will guys, it, are, are you guys cross-eye dominant no i am absolutely cross-eye dominant i find if uh especially shooting gophers and that kind of thing so i'm i'm, I'm shooting right, uh, right i have to keep both eyes open and i have to just focus on the, with the one eye if i squint with my left eye and i use and i, I just do that the whole time but this, this eye will start going weird and oh, it'll get absolutely. watery and it's so, just really sure. bad yeah the, the, the tape on the glasses stops that adriel or keep because, both eyes yeah. open. Yeah, yeah, or keep both eyes open. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, Kelly, I think you should always teach people to shoot with their dominant eye. I, I'm 100% on that. Uh, and the reason for that is if you're transitioning from one different type of fire into another. Like with a shotgun, you have to, have to, have to, have to shoot with your dominant eye with a shotgun. Okay. You can't do it cross-eye. Okay. Um, and then, of course, shotguns, your both eyes are open anyway, right? Right. Uh, when you're going handgun, you can always use your dominant hand under your dominant eye with right. very little transition. And that's easy to do. With rifle, it's totally different, though. And the reason that we actually – we can do either or, but what we do find is that with adults, it gets extremely hard because if you're right-handed and you're left eye dominant, it's um, uh, people – it's really hard for people who have been writing for 30 years or doing whatever for 30 years to switch over to the left. It's easier to actually patch the eye and you can strengthen the non-dominant eye and it can become dominant. But it, with kids, it's again, it's about, it's a little easier for you to actually switch the hand uh, so over to the dominant eye. But what happens is also kids get frustrated easily uh, it can be a little bit more dangerous if they aren't able to do it but not only that um uh, uh i try and get them to use their dominant eye and the uh, non-dominant hand first and if it just doesn't work i will patch the eye yeah do you now you patching the eye or you, like 
or I'm just taping the, the glasses. glasses, taping yeah. the glasses. Yeah, because that's Cause easiest. The other thing is you don't actually even have to put the tape. Like, and this is one thing we found with, with, with shotgunners is you don't even actually have to block the vision of that eye. All you have to do is, is put it on the top, so, top side of the glass. And that's enough to distract the brain to yeah. use the other eye to focus. Like you don't have to yeah. to to um, to yeah. cause it with their. Right. But it's funny because everybody in our family is right-handed, left eye dominant, with the exception yeah. of Madison. Madison's the only one that shoots right-handed. Your whole Everybody entire family is, is, and it's just like yeah. So I worked with your kids quite a bit about that. Yeah. Um, he's asking about well, competitive shooters. You know, they'll just move their hair when you move your head. Think about it. When you're moving your head over, right? It means you're actually, you're moving your equilibrium, right? You're yeah. not straight up and down. What that does is actually takes you off of your um, uh, equilibrium as well. And you're not going to be as accurate. I also see people who do this as well, and they're not shooting exactly where they're lining up the shots because they're off. So, Have you seen the uh, crossbody stocks or the cross-eye ribs for shotguns? No. Oh, so when I was in Vancouver, there was uh, a couple of guys shot cross-eye ribs. So it's actually a rib that attaches. So they were, you have a secondary rib on the shotgun that oh, lines up under their no, no. eye. Oh, oh yeah. no. It's just and, as you started describing it, I'm like, no, this can't and, be a thing. <laughs> and there was a guy who was a, a lifelong trap shooter who lost his, his dominant eye on his dominant side. So he, accident. And he actually okay. got a custom-made stock. Where the stock he would mount on his right shoulder and shoot under his left eye Nuts. with the with this it was a cross body stock. I tried so it, it goes across this goes across yeah. the sternum. Yeah, no, no. Oh so, so you the the stock goes into the right shoulder. Yeah, you you still have your and then you shoot it uh, left handed. Okay. But the impact goes the recoil goes into your right. Hang on, I gotta make sure I get this right. No, he pardon me. He shoots shoots it right handed, so it's right hand. Right shoulder, left eye, but it brought it brought the right hand, it brought the whole gun over and underneath his left eye. Okay. It was craziness, but and very expensive and not recommended. It just it, it it's a thing and it exists. Okay, but the but I've seen the cross eye rib. I've seen that multiple times. It's just an extra no. rib that goes on for trap shooting for sure. So funny. <laughs> uh, okay, It'd break you break your head if you didn't need it. But for people yeah. who are you know lifelong shooters of one way, they have an injury to their eye. It's, that's true yeah 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 and, okay. and if you when you have money you have more choices mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's gonna be your tagline for tonight isn't i it? will make the gun <laughs> bend to my will <laughs> <laughs> i have money i will make it do what it needs to do all right exactly finally he says finally with everything that's going on right now in nova scotia you have the anti-gunners coming out trying to use them murder of innocent people to try and get what they want and ban all guns. So I was thinking it might be a good, good and educational to do a show on why stuff like this keeps happening and what we can do to prevent it. Also, you keep hearing the anti-gunners say that, that we should um, follow the lead of Australia and New Zealand. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Uh, we have somebody who lived in New Zealand on the show tonight, and he's saying no. I even uh, had someone say that we should adopt the same laws as Japan, so maybe go uh, into how Australia and New Zealand were failures and did nothing for crime and how adopting the, the laws of another country wouldn't work. Even maybe see if a retired cop or someone who uh, someone like that uh, could be on to talk about Cops it. Cops don't know, though. 
yeah cops don't know and i mean like switzerland has very uh permissive laws czech republic does as well and they don't they don't Mm -hmm. have like crazy uh murders or anything like that realistically like uh gun laws have a lot less effect than we all think that they do yeah um i read a, a study that um it was actually a really good natural experiment in the u.s uh they legalized uh, and w- and went to shall issue for uh, for carry permits in a lot of states at almost random times just because of the way the legislation came through so yeah. that that makes for a very good natural experiment where you can test a variable's impact on crime on homicides that kind of thing and the result of that whole study was like yeah we can't even really tell <laughs> like the, it's so it's the the influence is so poor going from no one's carrying to anyone who wants to can pack a gun. It's, it's uh, totally cool. Had such a little impact on overall crime rate that what, what's all these other things going to do? We already have licensing in Canada. We already have safe storage laws. Those are like, those are, are ones that you might be like, well, maybe that'll do something but like banning assault weapons and uh, banning handguns and that kind of thing. At, at our point, it's likely yeah. that none of this stuff will have any impact uh, on our, uh, on our crime just because it's not a highly influential matter. It's right. uh, income inequality, uh, uh, job availability, uh, poverty. These, these have influence on murder and homicide and crime statistics. Right. The gun laws don't. I like to equate it to the marijuana legalization. Do you know anybody who wanted pot two years ago that didn't get pot? Old people. <laughs> <laughs> no, two years ago they could. Yeah, smoke. old people. Uh, old people. I, there, there's some people I was talking to at Costco, some like old sixty-year-olds, and they're they're doing a ton of it because like they could go get some pain meds, they could just smoke some marijuana, and they're like, "Yep, hook me up with that now." But yeah, young people like <laughs> they get it before. I they know get it nobody, now. and I, like I said I don't know that many people in that community, but. Anybody who I know who wanted it, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's the same thing. If you want cocaine, you can get it. Hello? Where? <laughs> In jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, if you can get it in hard. jail, you can get it anywhere. If you can get it in jail, you can get anything anywhere. So this is absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. It's just going to cost Including you a little bit more in jail. Three hots and a cot and more love than you can handle. Oh, you bet. Okay. Anyways, I got to get going. He says, I have the weird guy asking me to try on some gloves. I don't know what that's about. So you're now you're going to have to email us about that. I'm sorry for the long email. I hope you all stay safe. And I wish everyone from Nova Scotia the best wishes, he says. So thanks for sending in the email. Great questions, too. Uh, if you'd like to send us an email, send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, no reviews. Patreon, we do have a brand new Patreon uh, subscriber. Philip R is sponsoring us for $10. Thank you, Phil. Philip. Did, did he put his address in there? His no. Address in there? Oh. no. Philip, you need to send us your address. And what's going to happen is send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Adrian will check it. And then he'll send you some really cool I stuff. I will break in the mail. my social isolation. I'll put myself at risk of risk. bodily harm and I will mail you a patch. Really? <laughs> Uh, I haven't been to the anyways. Okay. I'll I'll put one of my kids at risk then. Not myself. <laughs> I'll save myself. I'll I'll All tell right. them to go to the post office. Okay. <laughs> uh if you'd like to become a Patreon subscriber, that's gonna help us put to more content out. We've been doing a lot of it lately. Go to patreon.com and uh look up slamfireradio.com. Uh slamfire radio and uh show us some love. 
All right. You can also support us by going to our website. If you go to our website and you're going to be going to Cabela's, you need some stuff, go there and click on the link uh, that's on our website and uh, order your stuff and they'll actually send us some money as well. So check us out there. Uh, get any shout-outs, Adriel? Ian, for, he bought one of my 22s. Did he? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Which one? Uh, maybe I won't say. I'm not going to say what any okay. any of my gun purchases or sales are until I bring them on to show them. Okay. All right. What about you, Jason? Do you have any shout outs? No, I just, you guys have done a great job of trying to keep everything as normal as normal can be in our community <clears throat> with these microcasts. And I, I, it, it matters. So keep doing it. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. I guess if you <laughs> <Again>. say so. <laughs> Oh, I, and and what, what? anybody, I want a list of anybody who who signs up for the charity shoot and asks for a refund. I want a list of those names. <laughs> oh, okay. Jason's coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sent mine in yet, but whether I I don't think I'm going to be making it, but uh, I, I will be uh, contributing to that for sure because I know how much work they are and how important they are to the community. Because it, yeah. it, we got tons of uh, of kudos for the short term afters, and I think it's. I just think it's such a good thing we should be doing as many as possible. So these types of things like the charity shoots or any things that gun, anything that gunnies are doing for their communities are so important for us to promote them and, and just, you know, talk them up, put them on your Facebook page, put them, whatever, tweet them out, whatever. Uh, And the reason is because we have these other things that are going on. We just need to show that we also do some really good things too. try and counter. There's another side of the coin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so I don't really have a shout-out other than uh, to all of our listeners. Thanks for sending in all your emails and also for all the ideas that you're coming up with for microcasts as well. Keep them coming. We'd love to hear about them. Yeah, so. tell us more ideas Yeah. on the microcasts. Yeah. We're going to do right. one on radios. Oh, hey, what? if what? any of you guys have your ham license, yes. come on our microcast because we want to talk about radios. I know a few people who have their ham license. I think I might get one just so I can buy one of those Baofengs with a, a clean conscious. Conscious? <laughs> yeah. Conscience. Conscience. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, and it's then, the fact that it's from China that would cause my uh, dirty conscience, but apparently you have If they're unlocked, from too. You can do what I, you can be like, I want to broadcast on this frequency, and it'll just let you. And uh, uh, you probably shouldn't. Uh, so you probably need like that. that there, there's probably some decent. It can't be that hard, right? What to get your license? Yeah, I bet you just so. have to like think of a cool like uh, call name, and you have to say like Smokey, this is uh, this is the Bandit on here. Ten four, <laughs> Roger out. Let's <laughs> say that a couple times, and then they're like, "You're sold. Good job. You go get I think your that's Chinese more radio CB and... than ham. I don't think so right. ham license it takes a lot to get ham license does it oh, so. oh you're oh, you're, yeah. you're dissuading oh. me immediately yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no you gotta join a cl- I, I think it's 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 uh it's a lot of learning that you have to there's a lot of theory involved in it my yes, brother-in-law's there got is. it and i think it's one of those money pit trails that you can go down just like guns too like it's yeah, absolutely but yeah i mean it's i know some it's, people that got them I know people who got it when they were poor, Adriel, and they're not they're not as tech savvy as you. I think you should do it. And you can How much does it Anyways, uh, we would uh, like well, a real expert, not me, after I do the stupid yeah. test. 
so if you know anything about that, uh, please contact us. And if you've got like a decent headset, even better. Excellent. Okay. So we're just going to say goodbye to everybody now. So please join one of our firm, uh, national firearms associations like the CCFR. Check them out. they got some really cool things coming up. Go and show them some love. Become a member. If you haven't renewed your membership, also do that. By the way, they put out an announcement today that they're not sending out any cards until the end of the restrictions because the people that do the cards are in lockdown. In lockdown. They basically. had another big announcement today, but I won't yeah. spoil it. Yeah, but yes, not yet. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll announce that. Check us out on Gunners Canada. We do have a thread over there. I post the episodes over there, and you can talk to us over there too if you want. So also like us on Facebook. We are at twenty four oh four for likes. Give us a like. All right, that's it. Everybody say goodbye now. Goodbye now. Goodbye now. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.